0: Welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are three witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and life in the Deep South. Hey, everybody, this is Crossroads and Cauldrons, and I'm Selena. And I'm Luna. And Eva is not here tonight. (laughs) Um, She is not feeling well, but she will be feeling much better very soon, I hope. Mm -hmm. Um, So she'll be back next time. Today is May 27th, 2019. Our sun is in Gemini, and we have a waning moon in Pisces. We have a very exciting show for you today. So exciting. I'm excited. We have (laughs) a special guest. And I'm going to mispronounce her last name because that's what I do. Um, her name is Danielle Dion, and she is a psychic medium, herbalist, witch, healer, and teacher. And um, I'm so excited to have her here with us. Hello, Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So can you pronounce your name here. one more time? Did I do it right?
1: Sure. Uh, <laughs> you did... said we're so close. Yeah, so so close. Danielle Dion, that's my name. Dion. 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 <laughs> okay. I was close. You were. Not for the French enough. Canadians up here. The French
0: Canadians. Yeah. We've got some French Canadians down here in Louisiana as well. Um, well, I guess they're not Canadians anymore. No. You know what I mean. Yeah. And she's not on the show tonight. <laughs> um, I want to tell a little bit about the first time I met you, Danielle. Um, it was my first Temple Fest, so I was very excited, slash nervous, slash excited and um you were doing a mediumship workshop and i thought it was fantastic and um that's not something that i have explored personally because it doesn't come supernaturally to me so you know i feel like i can't do it um and i was just so taken by um the care that you take in in presenting your work Um, And I also, I went to um, one of your death cafes as well. You and Elsa were doing a death Mm -hmm. cafe. And um, for the people that don't know what that is, um, well, I'll let her tell what it is. That's her thing. I'll let her (laughs) tell that. Um, But I had recently had a friend that had committed suicide and Mm. it was a healing experience for me just to be in that space and discuss death and dying from a pagan perspective and, you and Elsa were so gentle with your words. And I remember asking you sort of about it. And uh, it, it just really touched me that you were so thoughtful and, and compassionate. So that was my first introduction to you. And I've been in love with you ever since. Oh, um, that's okay. so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what is your path? Tell us everything.
1: Oh, sure. All right. <laughs> no so, pressure. Um, <laughs> no pressure. I <laughs> um, hope it'll be as coherent as I can be. Uh, oh, sure. I'm just coming off of a crazy fun day. So, yeah. So for me, uh, like you said, a psychic medium, uh, which, and those are really sort of big things that I've identified with my whole life. So, uh, a lot of the work that I do has to do with death, dying, uh, whether that's connecting to people in spirit, uh, and bringing through messages and oftentimes hopefully bringing through things that are helpful, healing and empowering. Um, I've uh started to connect with the dead when I was a really little kid. And it's not necessarily the same as how I connect with spirit today. Uh when I was little, I Ooh, my goodness. You're as bad I as help. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my contact. Um when I was little, I had a best friend pass away when I was six years old, uh, mm. kind of unexpectedly. And within the same year, I had uh, my sister's uh, really close friend, another five-year-old, passed away. And we also had the passing of my grandmame. So a lot of death in a short amount of time. And I don't think we always give children, and I know some of you guys are mothers, uh, you know credit for understanding what death is. And I remember being very aware of uh, what that meant and sort of the finality of it. But what was sort of interesting for me on my journey was that I started to see and experience my friends, um, and particularly my my best friend that had passed. Uh, So sort of always was kind of a little bit of a morbid child, you know, talking to my family, oh, I saw my friend, you know, he brought me this message, and it really started to kind of unfold in that way. Um, Very different to how I experience uh, connecting to the dead now. I don't very physically see them in the way that I did as a kid, and I don't know if that is just because we're so open as kids that that sort of shifts and changes as we grow up. Um, but that was sort of my first introduction to connecting with spirit and was always fascinated with witchcraft, was definitely a silver raven wolf child. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> uh, and, and very, as I'm sure like, you know, uh, the, you know, witches of our generation, maybe that was their first intro. It Not was certainly Scott mine. Cunningham, um, Buckland, you know the
0: ones. <laughs> oh, no, like Scott, Han- yeah,
1: Scott Cunningham, you know, silver raven wolf, uh, Raymond Buckland, these oh. are all sort of my, uh, you know, I remember uh, scraping uh, change out of our, our washing machine as my way of like sort of earning money, which is like, terrible. <laughs> um, and saving up to buy these books. and then getting some of them taken away because you know they have the big scary pentagram on the cover. Witchcraft. Um, <laughs> witchcraft. How dare we? Uh so those are sort of some of my first introductions to it. It was also very nature-based, always sort of uh, you know, like to be an outdoorsy child. Um, and so yeah, definitely interested in in the witchcraft, wrote a lot about it, was influenced by media. I know the last podcast you guys were talking a lot about that, but that was a lot of um, you know, uh watching witchcraft shows and, and being you know uh the worst witch was my favorite when I was a little kid oh, so um that. sort of influenced by that didn't you know like I wanted to be Mildred Hubble right I didn't, didn't even put um, that in the podcast last time <laughs> and my daughter loves them yay oh <laughs> yeah I know there's like a new version of it now but um yeah so sort of you know was always sort of you know fascinated with the morbid fascinated with witchcraft uh that didn't change as I got older so um I think my the way that I experienced spirit changed over time, um, but again, my sort of fascination with it, you know, continued to grow, and it, uh, you know, I explored it as best I could. My family was not always super open to talking about the creepy dead kid things that I was seeing, uh, so I definitely had in my family that black sheep sort of reputation. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as I got older, the more that I like continued to talk about this and be open about it, it sort of shifted the perception of my family, and actually, my family's pretty open to it these days. Um, So I had read a lot about spiritualism when I was growing up, and uh, that's one of the ways that I started to formally develop once I realized that we actually had spiritualist churches in in New Hampshire, in New England, in America. Because when I was reading about that as a little kid, I remember when I was in second grade, I used to tell people, When I grew up, I'm going to go to Arthur Finley College in Stansted, England, and I was going to be a perhaps psychologist because I had never heard of parapsychology, and I thought that's how it was pronounced. So, um, you know, I I like to say that I sort of fulfilled the vision of my childhood prophecies uh, where I did end up going to Arthur Finley College as an adult and, um, you know, studying mediumship, studying a lot of the old spiritualist traditions and techniques to how to connect to the dead. And um, that's really shaped a lot of how I do the work that I do. Um, I went, you know, so when I found the spiritualist church, I was probably like 21, 22. And uh, that sort of set me off on this sort of formal development process, but it always connecting, always had interesting things sort of come up and happen. Um, got really into healing and Reiki when I was 17. I've always really been connected in with animals as well. I worked in pet stores and exotic pet communities. I've always been sort of taking in, you know, near roadkill or roadkill. Um, and uh, <laughs> Working with like whatever shows Steve. up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Working with the dead things and also trying to, you know, nurse things back to life. And that's sort of been a, a theme in my family too. Um, so uh, when I learned Reiki, a lot of what I ended up finding myself in situations were, were with dying animals. Um, so the first thing that I ever actually, you know, gave healing to, and, you know, having learned this, you know, a new amazing technique, knowing nobody at 17 who does any of this woo stuff, uh, you know, holding a dying iguana and having it die in my hands. So Mm. it was really interesting and sort of telling, I think a lot about how my path sort of, uh, in a spiritual way has sort of unfolded over time. But, um, yeah, so definitely a lot with, uh, you know, healing, working with the dead, continue learning about healing. I think I found myself navigating through lots of different spiritual communities, uh, always really being fascinated with witchcraft, not realizing like right in our backyard, we have Christopher Penzack until maybe <laughs> seven, eight, nine years ago, um, <laughs> which was like, oh, what magic is this, right? So um, that's a funny story because I was really involved with, uh, the mediumship spiritualist community, which we didn't really have, and has really gotten big in New England, where I am now. Um, I run a center called Moth and Moon Studio in uh, Bedford, New Hampshire, and mediumship is really uh, a lot of people are open to it in this this area. A lot of people mm-hmm. from all over uh, all over the world, from you know Australia to England to the West Coast. Uh, we bring a lot of interesting mediums um, to this area, and it's really big here. But at the time, you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago, it wasn't. Uh, it was starting to get, you know, more popular, um, and there were development circles, and you could go to a spiritualist church. and We have several spiritualist churches within, you know, an hour, two-hour drive. Uh so we were I was lucky in that way because that did help influence my work. So how I met Christopher was I was very involved with these very, you know, oh light workers and and the mediumship, which I always was, you know, very fond of the dead. And and I think I sort of see I saw things with a little bit of a different colored lens than you know, some of my um, you know, people that would be in my peer group for this. And uh, there used to be a development circle that was held at this local metaphysical store. And I would always go and they would often have two events going on because I had different rooms And so I started to show up to some of Christopher Penzak's classes And so I'd come and be like, oh, you're coming to development group and I'd be like, no, I'm going to the witchcraft thing And uh, so it sort of it was kind of, you know, oh, that's a weird thing to do Um, but I was really blessed because Christopher, uh, you know His mighty dead work was really one of the first things that I started to, um really resonate with him and get into and -hmm. and that's really when I realized that I knew that I didn't even know that we had so much of um you know whether it be people that I had already known just weren't that I didn't know that were publicly open uh you know involved with the temple of witchcraft And it's when I first started to realize oh my gosh we have this in our backyard and I had several books of his I just didn't quite put two and two together so uh that's how it kind of started my journey um you know, working with the temple of witchcraft. I'm currently in, uh, W4. We're in Hod, So this is exciting for me. Oh, I really love ceremonial magic. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I'm doing the in-person program, which is fun. Awesome. I'm really lucky because I'm very close to the temple. Yeah, yes. It is lucky.
0: Um, I gotta say when I was doing my research, I, you know, and you did half my work for me cause you've got a website <laughs> and I'm going to give everybody <laughs> that address in a in a minute. Um, I was looking over your studies and your healing studies and your magical studies and the list is really, really long. So I'm really (laughs) impressed at all the different, um, types of Reiki that, you know, and animal Reiki and angel healing and soul therapy and all of these things. There's a lot of back and forth about studying, um, you know, uh, having a program to study versus sort of intuitive. And I think blending the two is always, you know, the best because learning is always great, but I'm a Sagittarius. So what do I know? Um, I like oh, to learn yeah. all the things.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm a Sag rising. I you. Gotcha. Oh, you got it. <laughs> okay. So we're in the same
0: boat. Um, so how do you feel that your path has deepened, um, through your personal connection? You know, you mentioned in your childhood that you have, um, just that natural connection and, uh, as a spirit medium and then how has that how has your path grown through your studies, your personal studies um and along your path?
1: Yeah. I think that uh I think the more studying you can do, the more it enriches you. I think it broadens the language and way that we can connect with people. I have, uh, you know, like I said, I have a spiritual center, and it's a lot of diverse backgrounds. So it's people walking a light walker's path, you know, light workers path, light walkers. Uh, it's you know, <laughs> it's people watching the witchcraft paradigm. There's shamanic practitioners. I think that we are all kind of often speaking the same language. I think the more that we can learn and and you know, we see the threads in everything that connect to each other, and it helps. I feel like for me. A, it's helped me find my path and find what resonates with me what doesn't resonate with me so i think that you know there are definitely things that i've done you know and explored that i'm like oh this is really nice i'm glad that i had this experience but this is not necessarily like you know really in the same kind of alignment of where i feel like i'm headed and maybe it was at the time um so i think it does sort of you know flesh out the you know where people are coming from and where people can go i think for me all of it's been sort of worth it i think it's also the accessibility so i think that you know what was around 10 15 years ago you know, as I'm starting to be able to, you know, take classes and seek opportunities is so different. Now that we have the internet, we have, you know, more accessibility with different teachers, even books, we have so many more wonderful authors and, uh, you know, access to different, um, you know, paradigms or traditions or whatever it may be. I think that just we, you know, we continue to increase our knowledge and, and, uh, you know, figure out what is in alignment with, um, you know, myself and with, you know, whoever, whoever, where they're going. I think it's really um, you know, opportunistic and beneficial thing to do. So for me, I, you know, I'm finding the things that have always sort of called to me. I'm I'm lucky. And I think that just things that sort of show up in my path resonate with me. And I've, I've been kind of letting my intuition be my guide with that and see what naturally kind of flows. I definitely have never felt a home like I have with the temple of witchcraft and the community there. When I found this, I was like, Oh, this is what I've been looking for forever. And I it was right next door to me. I cannot even believe it. Like I went to England, like I went all over the place. You know, we had to go half this. the country away to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think again, it is, you know, I, I love the, the, you know, um, magical intention that is behind that, you know, the act of, you know, drawing people, you know, uh, calling forth the ones that resonate and guiding those to where they need to go that are not in accordance. And I really feel that this is, uh, you know, Temple has shaped a lot of my magical practices, my personal development, and really has fed me sort of spiritually where I, where I want to continue to grow and go. So I love that tradition um, kind of aspect of things. I think that, you know, yes, Reiki is wonderful. I love, you know, I still love healing work. I know people sometimes like, oh, Reiki, uh, woo. No, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's something that's been part of my path since I was 17. Yeah. And, and I think integrative healing, so whatever tools that you learn, you know? <laughs> it's totally. So I'm pro for it. I think that, uh, it's wonderful to find traditions that call to you. I've definitely been in traditions and, you know, started to walk a path and follow initiation and then, you know, realize that that's not necessarily in accordance for me and grateful for the opportunities, but not necessarily something that I'm going to continue to follow. And I think that's okay too.
0: I absolutely agree with you on pretty much all of that. Um, <laughs> that's one thing that's a little bit more, I would say it's maybe a little bit more difficult here Um Because everyone's so spread out and there's not as many opportunities for education, but we have so many opportunities online and I think people just don't necessarily know and they don't necessarily know where to look. Or what to trust, because there's a yep. lot of stuff out there that's crazy, too. But we did a whole episode that's on that, true. so I'm not going to do that again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, you've mentioned the Temple of Witchcraft a lot. And, of course, that's near and dear to my heart, because that's my tradition as well. Um, and so, yeah, I highly recommend it, guys, still. <laughs> um, I I want to go back to something that you mentioned a few minutes ago. You mentioned um, children and in your childhood, and you had this loss. I, um, I lost... My best friend, when i was I think I was eight or nine years old, um, she yeah. had a brain tumor, and oh wow, yeah, I know I know, and so it was like one year she was at school, and the next year she wasn 't and I knew when she had mm-hmm. passed, but my parents didn 't bring me to her funeral i don 't even know yep. how much they knew it it was happening, I feel like they knew, and that they thought i wasn 't able to handle it, and it mm-hmm. took me a lot longer to get over it because i didn 't have that closure of seeing her and being present with her yeah. after the fact. Um, and I was very similar. Like my imaginary friends were ghosts. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't imaginary. They were just dead. Um, so, uh, (laughs) I, I absolutely hear what you're saying with that. And even with my own children, when we've lost family members, they're just, I remember my daughter, um, after gosh, I don't know who it was that had passed one of her, it was her great grandmother. And, um, you know, I was, she was little, she was like five and I was I didn't know how she was going to take it. It was the first time I had to talk to her about it. Um she had lost people, but she was a baby, so she didn't I don't know how much she remembered. And I sat her down, she put her little arm around me and she said, "Mom, everyone has a time to die." And I was just like, "Oh my god. Will you hold me? <laughs> Will you comfort me, little little baby? But you're absolutely right. Children are very much more in tune and aware and accepting of those changes. Then we give them credit for, it. and mm-hmm. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we do a disservice when we um, shelter them from those cycles, because um, it's part yeah. of it's part of living. And so I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, that was a really good point. So tell me a little bit. I want to know a little bit about mediumship. Like I said, it's not. Um, I've done a, a little bit of death walking. I've done, um, last rites. Um, we recently, I, recently, it was a last year we lost someone, um, in our community here in Mississippi and she was very close to all of us. So it was kind of a hard hit. It was our first, um, death in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all really just pulled together to support her in those last moments and, um, it was just an area that I feel that we need so much more. We need more preparation and we need to know what our options are, you know, and we need to be able to support each other and have the skills to support each other as as pagans, which is whatever we are, because I don't think we have a lot of that around. So tell me a little bit about your work um, with with mediumship and with crossing and all of that.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm even going to put my mediumship hat to the side, not that anything is actually a hat, uh, because I think it's all integrative, and I think that Mm -hmm. when you do this work, you are using all the skills, but I'm really a huge advocate of the good death, and I know that, you know, I've heard you share a little bit about uh, kind of what happened in in your community, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a perfect example of exactly what we need as a culture to kind of shift towards, and how do we embrace this, and how do we, even if it's fumbling sometimes, uh, know, figuring it out as we go. But I think that starts with dialogue and, you know, having communication and having conversations about death and putting that out there because culturally it's not something that is sort of, you know, accepted to talk about at the dinner table. And I don't see any reason why that's not true. Uh, So death cafes are really big and integral. And I think that, you know, the work through Scorpio Ministry, which is uh, the ministry in the temple of witchcraft that oversees death, dying and bereavement, as well as sacred sexuality um, and crossing over rights and, and things of that nature. Uh, has done a lot of really wonderful work. So Elsa Elliot is the lead minister, and she's absolutely fabulous. And together for the last, jeez, uh, three or four years, we've been doing death cafes. And so death cafes really are—you don't have to be a witch; you can you can host these in, in so many varieties of ways. But uh, basically, came over from England, came to the United States, and it's a free, open forum to talk about death in any form. So you sit down with a bunch of strangers, or maybe friends, or maybe people in your community, and you just say, you know, what's on your mind about death? And that can look like, you know, I had a recent death. It's not a bereavement group, so it's, you know, when it when it takes that term, you know, happily referring out, but and, and you know being, you know, conscious of things, but it's not meant to be so much bereavement oriented, but more about. What do you want to have happen to your body? Or, you know, how do you talk to your dad about this? Uh, You know, what do you want to have happen to you? What's the offering that you want, uh, you know, when you are an ancestor? Uh, So it starts to get people to think about as, you know, future corpses. What do we want to have happen? And what do we want to, you know, (laughs) how how do we work that into our community and our daily dialogue and uh, knowing what people want so we can enact that in a way? And it's been really profound and really fun, actually. You know, it's nice to do it when it's not in crisis. So mm-hmm. I think that when we have a crisis, oftentimes that spurs the interest of like, okay, we need to have a plan next time. Or like, let's look at what we did really well. Let's look at what we could have done better next time. And then it really starts that kind of, you know, um, strengthening of, of how to do deaf work in a community. So you guys are really rallying around, you know, a really uh, you know, intense and, and sacred experience, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think then, you know, it just starts with continuing to have that conversation as you go. Um, so I would encourage Jeff cafes forever.
0: <laughs> I, I think that is so well put. Um, I, I know with, with our particular situation, um, our friend did not have, um, clear directions of what she wanted, yep. you know, and, 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 a few weeks before she passed, she lost the ability to communicate. Mm. So, yes. um, yep. it was, it was extremely difficult and the family, um, m- for the most part, didn't know she was pagan. And so mm-hmm. it was just, uh, it was a complicated situation. It didn't have to be so, it didn't have to be so stressful yeah. for her or for her family or for us. So I think that's so important and whatever yeah. I can do to help, um, <laughs> let pagans know Talk about it. Talk about what you want with your body. Tell people. Tell everybody. Um, Yeah, write it down. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Write it down.
0: Notarize it. Sign it. Yep. (laughs) Write it in blood. (laughs) And actually...
1: In most places, like in the state of New Hampshire, and there's a whole bunch. So, one reference I'll give you and resource that is, you know, she's my death crush, uh, who I've met and was absolutely floundering over because she's brilliant. Uh, Caitlin Dottie of Ask a Mortician. uh, She has several books out. She's an amazing resource uh, on, you know, covering all things morbid, but really advocating for a good death and having these conversations, putting a plan in place, doing advanced directives, talking to your family you know, uh, even if you're like, yeah, i'm I'm pagan and I want the pagan you know ceremony, setting that up, telling people who you want to officiate it, this is what I want. I'm very much a big proponent of natural death care. Uh, so doing home funerals, uh, you know with herbalism, I have a lot of focus on doing natural death care and natural death work. That's what I want to you know kind of continue to grow with it. That's fine and dandy, but if I die tomorrow, no one's going to know what to do in my corpse. So how do you train people to, you know, have to that have that enacted well? You know, how do you uh, set up those sort of uh, whether it be you know cremains, whether it be burying on your land, which we can do in New Hampshire. So you got to like know what loopholes to jump through and how to get that legally done. Uh, But there's a lot of really creative, wonderful green solutions or natural solutions that you can do. It's just sort of knowing knowing how to navigate that. But um, yeah, check out Caitlin Dottie. Uh, I would also say, you know, advanced directives for whatever state you're in. If you go to the states, um, usually if you just Google advanced directive and then your uh, your state, it'll come up with how that process is. Often you don't even need it notarized to signatures from people that are not blood related to you will count as an official document and then making sure you have that in an accessible place and that your loved ones know about it and that they'll follow through on it. It can be a really wonderful uh, you know, uh, helpful gift in a situation where there is crisis where you you now know what the person would want because Even then also bringing back mediumship a lot of what comes through in mediumship is a lot of reconciliation about How did this passing happen? So it's a lot about the things that we could resolve in life if we had good conversations Would it be so necessarily, you know, the messages that come through because we would we would know So did I do okay by this person? Yes, they're affirming that. Oh my gosh, you know, this was a shit show, whatever it may be, Uh, you know, messages of of love or uh, do you forgive me? I forgive you. Thank you. Uh, all of those things that, if we had those conversations before death, would eliminate so many reasons why in mediumship sessions, uh, you know, I think people seek out mediumship sessions. So, not that I want to put myself out of business. Yeah, you're going to put yourself out of yeah. business. <laughs> but which is fine because I don't think, you know, yes, it's my livelihood, but at the same time, I think that it is a, a way of life um, yeah. and mm-hmm. connecting with that. And I think we all have that ability too. So, right. ramble, That's ramble Awesome.
0: <laughs> no, thank you so much. Um, That's, that's awesome. See, this is something that I've, I've tried for the past 12 years to get my husband to talk about. And yeah, probably it's the way I approach it. I'm just like, Hey, what kind of funeral do you want? And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, he just, he's, he's so afraid like of, thinking of even thinking about it and and I think that yeah. we're so removed from death now you know we don't yep. take care of our family's bodies we don't um keep them in the house for people to come visit we right. don't dig their graves um right. and, and it's doing us all a disservice and and I think we're ha- yeah. we have a wound um so the, anything we can do to help heal that wound is yeah Mm, I like it. I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm doing hand gestures and they can't see it. That's okay because this is I can a radio. See it, so I'm liking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we need to have a death cafe here to That's address some I'm of those thinking. things and you can bring him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he's not gonna talk though. He's gonna be like, I don't wanna. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do whatever I want. You've been right. warned. Uh-huh. <laughs> um anyway, okay. So we're talking about Danielle right now. Okay. Um, so You've talked you've mentioned a little bit in passing about your studio. Tell us a little bit about that. You've yeah. you've recently, um I say recently, relatively recently opened this studio, right? It's only a couple of years, yeah?
1: We've been here three years, which is three hard years. to believe. Uh yeah. So I'm really blessed. Uh, I see that it sounds so weird. Uh, so I have a space called Moth & Moon Studio. It's located in Bedford, New Hampshire. And while I've been doing this work, uh, you know, I've been freshly reading for over a decade. I've rented offices. I've been in different spaces. I teach at a lot of different places throughout New England. I used to read in Salem um, three years ago. So in addition to doing all of this on the side, which has grown and grown and grown, I feel like all of my free time when it's not spent uh, you know, doing my muggle job before, uh, was taking classes or or teaching classes or reading and it. So it became such a big thing that I decided to kind of take that leap uh, three years ago. Prior to that, I worked at a hospital. So I was actually in healthcare for the past 10 years as well. Uh, I do a lot of hospice work. I do a lot of, um, you know, I was lucky I didn't work in a clinical role. I was actually a director at a hospital. <laughs> and uh, but was able to, like, people always knew what I did. And even today, this is so funny, I had, like, uh, like three people from the hospital that I used to work with um, separately came to see me. So it was a very hospital-oriented day, so it's on my mind. Um, so having that sort of side of things has really, I think, helped me with the, with the death side of things, with understanding clinical things. It's been really helpful. But anyway, loved that role. But uh, this became more and more part of my life. And so I decided to open a space, and it is quite large, which is lovely. We can fit up to you know, 50, 60 people. We have a large Ooh. space where we do a lot of galleries. We have four offices, so I rent three of them. I have one for myself. And uh, we host lots of different wonderful events. So it's more of a spiritual development center with a strong mediumship and psychic development focus. But we offer everything from basic meditation to the witchcraft classes to past life regression. We have a hypnotherapist. Adam Sartwell does uh, hypnotherapy here. Uh, We have other healers of different modalities, and um, we bring wonderful people. I'm so really lucky. Uh, You know, Tony Stockwell from England is a mentor and somebody that I really admire, who's really big in the mediumship community. He comes over and teaches here. John Holland, who is a dear, lovely friend and uh, an an advocate of our studio advocate. That sounds weird. Advocate. Uh, I advocate for your studio. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lovely, wonderful man and teacher. He teaches and. does galleries and events here too. Lauren Rainbow, who's another wonderful medium, uh, rents here. So we have just a really lovely, fun collective. Like, I love it. It is, uh, you know, challenging in the right ways. Uh, it is, you know, forcing me to expand and grow in ways that it's uncomfortable sometimes. But uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. And I can't believe three years has flown by. So continuing, we're starting to sell products. Yeah, it's nuts.
0: <laughs> I'm excited about that. And and something that um, will be important to our listeners that are outside of the New England area you offer occasionally and hopefully I'm I'm yeah. trying to encourage you to do this more um you offer online workshops and classes and
1: things like that through your studio correct We've do. done one. <laughs> yes, that's right. So yes, so we do. Uh, we're hoping to offer more. So that's in the plan. So as we're bringing on new classes and things, trying to encourage teachers to to go online. I know it can be sort of a leap sometimes when it's not something you're familiar with doing. And we're working right. to figure out how to do more mediumship and psychic development groups online, which we do a lot of. But it's more exercise focused because, again, it's sort of like helping guide. It's a lot of, you know, coaching and and working through things, giving examples and getting feedback. So um, we'll be starting to host some more uh, development opportunities, but also hosting uh, the teachers that we bring to try to do more online there. Well, I'm excited about that. And I encourage
0: your teachers to um, to go (laughs) online because that really helps us. And I think especially like the the audience that we sort of cater to or you know, <laughs> have, especially down here in the Southeast, um, everyone is a little scattered. So we've got yeah. a bunch of solitary practitioners that feel yep. completely alone, mm-hmm. and they probably mm-hmm. have another solitary practitioner right next door. And don't even- um, So we're disconnected. So anything like that, any kind of resource where we can expand our knowledge and reach out and make connections to other people in the community, I am all about it. So that's why I'm constantly like, these people have online classes, do this. Um <laughs> So that's mothandmoonstudio.com, right? Yes. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. Cause I wrote it on my notes here. Um and Good your <laughs> personal website, and I'm gonna mispronounce your last name
1: again. You know what? You do it. You do it. You know what it is. <laughs> uh so if you're looking to get a hold of me, my website is danielledion.com and it's spelled D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E Dion D-I-O-N-N-E dot com. And you can find out all about my offerings there. I do offer um, you know, in person as well as on phone or Skype. Uh, readings as well and do a whole bunch of different things. So you can check me out there.
0: Awesome. And I I think you have one last thing um, to share with us. You have some (laughs) exciting news coming up. Yeah,
1: I do. Uh, So yeah, this is exciting because I haven't really announced it. I've been telling people in person, but I haven't like put it all over the blogosphere at like online. So you can be the first to know is that I am publishing a book with Llewellyn and the book is uh work is about connecting to the dead so magical mediumship connecting working with uh working with your loved ones working you know how to connect and uh basically make connections to the spirit world in a variety of different ways and also how to partner with death so a lot about talking about how to you know continue those conversations around death and how to really be a deaf advocate so i'm really excited about it uh it is an exciting process i have not written a book before i do like to do some writing but uh yeah so the tentative so we have a little bit of time so you can keep an eye out for this but uh potentially fall 2020 so stay tuned
0: fall <laughs> okay. 2020 that's
1: what i was waiting for what's that
0: release yeah. now? <laughs> where yes. can i get it that, that is, it is awesome <laughs> so i'm so excited for you and i hope <laughs> um that all of our listeners will um you know go ahead and pre-order that when the pre-orders are available mm-hmm. um you have a facebook um as well right moth and moth and moon has yes. a facebook um off the moon as well as daniel dion so you can check out both excellent um i'm so excited thank you for sharing that announcement with us um i'm so excited i'm just excited today <laughs> today's my excited day um i'm so glad to have you here is there anything else that you um want to share with us want to talk to us about you know, just want to say about um, me personally, that's fine.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. And uh, yeah, I think I just encourage, like, I guess I was going to have a message about, you know, connecting to your ancestors. I think that witches, we do that. We, but, you know, as has as been quoted time and time again, you know, ancestors, not just for Samhain anymore. And mm-hmm. you can have really beautiful connections, uh, you know, working with, you know, deities of the dead, working with your own ancestors. For me, my, you know, sort of first line magical, you know, partnership is with them. And so I think, you know, daily connecting with them, you know, uh, working with them in a magical capacity, there's so many beautiful ways that you can kind of continue that relationship with the ones that you have known, but also, you know, expand on that. So if you didn't know, uh, you know, specific loved ones, if you have, you know, ancestors of inspiration, or if you have, you know, people, uh, you know, in the spirit world that, that call to you, that want to work with you, I think partner with them because they're, they're often, I think we kind of get a gist of it or we get a taste for it or we get a flavor of it, but I think it can be so deep and so rich. And I don't know, I I would just encourage people to explore it more and maybe I can help you with that. So check it out.
0: I am really glad you said that. And, you know, <laughs> I try to quit and then I can't. We have the long goodbye here in the South. That means we don't actually ever leave. Um, ancestor work. Um, yeah. This is something that to me, I feel is, I'm not going to say missing. It's not missing, um, but I don't know that we incorporate it uh as deeply as i would personally like to see in western occultism um i feel like that sort of break in our historical time period separated us a lot from our from our ancestors and from knowing how to how to work with them and we have generations upon generations of you know non-pagan people that are not doing ancestor work and so Mm -hmm. we almost feel disconnected um And down here in the South, you know, we have, we're close to New Orleans, so we have a lot of um, folk magic, root work, Mm -hmm. those types of practitioners that are connected with their ancestors. And even they have a break and a separation in their history and connection with their ancestors. So I feel like that's another wound that um, desperately needs to be healed. And we need to find our ancestors. And don't worry if it's Um, somebody who's maybe coming to you to work with you and it's not in your specific family genetic bloodline or you don't feel like you have a right to work with that person. If they're coming to you, then they're right for you and you need to bring their energy through. Um, so yes, I am 100% with you on that. Find your ancestors, find your cousin's ancestors, find Aunt <laughs> Bessie's ancestors, get out there, work, work with some dead folks, like do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And, and you know, try not to create newly dead people just for the reason of working with them. Well, That's yeah. frowned upon. <laughs> kind of um, like <laughs> but <laughs> if you happen to have some, work with them. Uh, awesome, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We have absolutely loved having you and we're going to put links to your website and um your studio's website and we're going to put the title of no we're not going to put the book title in her thing cuz that's new. people are going to hear that that's fine yeah. um but we're excited that you were here and thank you so much we're going to do a quick uh sign off and and then we'll say goodbye so hang on just a second you ready to tell us about the moon luna i'm ready girl let's roll all right,
1: y'all, the new moon is on June 3rd, and it is in Gemini. The new moon signals the new beginnings for both lunar and personal cycles. The new moon in Gemini brings about the need for changes and spontaneity, as well as causing us to focus on our current situations and to consider new options that maybe we hadn't thought were possible before. This is an excellent time to put fear and doubt aside and take action now to set your course towards fulfilling your dreams.
0: Girl, I'm excited about that.
1: I am too. I'm fired up. It was positive this time, so we good.
0: Yes, coming out of that Scorpio full moon. Mm. Moving out, moving up. (laughs) Yay. All right. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 6... No, that's not the right number. This is the right number. Mm -hmm. 769-230-0305 or find us on Facebook at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. Um, you can find our Instagram account at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast by searching for Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast <laughs> on your favorite podcast provider. Um, my Instagram is what is it? I don't even remember. Selena of the Crossroads, and there's like little squishies in between. Don't don't do that. Just find the podcast <laughs> cross instagram and you know i'm tagged in a lot of stuff that's how you'll find me uh what are you who are you and my
1: <laughs> I'm, luna still, yeah, I'm luna still here um and my instagram is uh luna's lunar lesson on instagram
0: awesome and ifa is not here but she is Efa underscore witch and that's a
1: o-i-f-e mm-hmm. underscore witch um danielle do you have an instagram i sure do you can check out danielle diane medium on instagram and also moth and moon studio Awesome! Thank you for coming,
0: and Thank we've you, loved Danielle. having you.
1: Thank Have you a good so much. Night. I had fun. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.
1: <laughs>